You know what it is. That's right. It's time to talk money with your money nerd and financial coach. Now, tighten those purse strings and open those ears. It's the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. So today I have Sarah Holden back with us. Sarah Holden was on episode 62, where she talked all about retirement. She is currently the senior director of retirement and investor research at the Investment Company Institute, ICI, the leading association representing regulated funds globally, including U.S. mutual funds and exchange traded funds, ETFs. You know, we've talked about that. Um, Sarah has a PhD in economics and has studied retirement trends and policy, as well as the behavior of investors for decades. She uses humor and plain English to make retirement and investment concepts clear, which is definitely what we need. Now, um, I wanted to bring Sarah back because we, you know, we talked about the old people, quote unquote, old people, right? We talked about retirement. We talked about saving for our future self, um, all that good stuff. But now we want to talk about the babies, right, Sarah? (laughs) Yes, yeah, definitely. Uh, education really so important. So I want to, you know, touch base on 529 plans today. Yes, 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 yes. So 529 plans, I guess let's just start at the very, very beginning. So what is a 529 plan? Sure. So I would even step back a little further to think about, you know, as you you know, I've got kids growing up, I want to think about their future path. And it really is so important to get more than a high school degree these days. So if you have a bachelor's degree, you actually earn 84% more over your career than someone with just a high school degree. And if it's an associate degree, you actually earn 40% more. So this really is, you know, an important step in your children's, uh, you know, education and process through life. And, you know, it's a big expense too. The average, you know, four years at a public university is about $23,000 a year. If you go to a private university, that's about $52,000 a year. So this is something that it really helps to get on the path to accumulating, you know, some assets to use for, for these expenses pretty early on. And 529 plans are really a great way to do it because they offer tax advantages. So, okay. So what I gather from what you said are 529 plans help you save for your children's education expenses. Now, I know that's very, very broad and I've heard so many different things. I just want to kind of narrow that down a little bit. So you can use these um, funds for what kind of, you know, educational stuff. So there's two main types of 529 plans. One's called a prepaid plan. And with the prepaid plan, you're actually buying something pretty specific. You're getting at a set price today, future sort of tuition credits. So you're buying your tuition in advance. And typically you need to live in state to do that. And typically you go to an in-state school. Uh, but there are ways that could be applied to you know other schools. And if your child doesn't go to an in-state school, you may be able to get some money out, but you really want to pay close attention because the design of these are really that you are planning to go to an in-state school and you're getting that tuition at a set price today. And that's kind of locked in. Uh, The other type of uh, 529 plan are the savings plans. And these are much more flexible. Uh, And there you're contributing to an account for the beneficiary, so for the student. 
And the money that you're putting in is going to be invested in a way that you choose. And it's going to grow and compound without you paying taxes on it while it's in there. And then when you get to college and you're taking the money out for your child, it comes out tax-free uh, if you use it for these qualified expenses. And that's what you just asked, well, what are the qualified expenses? Well, it's the tuition and any required fees. It's also room and board. And there's also a list of sort of other things included. And indeed, with the savings plan, some states may allow you to use the money to pay off. There's a $10,000 limit, but you could pay off student loans uh, that you have. Or you could also use it for K through 12 expenses in some cases. So definitely can use it for the higher education, um, may be able to use it for other uh, education related expenses. And there's a list that you can find on the IRS website of exactly what expenses you can count. But really, it's to give you uh, this account to use for this really the expenses surrounding the, the college education. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, I want to go back a little bit um, because you mentioned the prepaid accounts. Mm -hmm. Now, those aren't really talked about too much. If someone was interested in getting one of those plans, how would they do that? Do they go directly to the school that they would be interested in or how do you get that part started? Yeah. So the uh, prepaid plans are out there and you would go to your state. And actually, the a really great website is put together by the College Savings Plans Network. And they have a comparison tool there where this nice map of the country pops up and you can click on your state, you can click on other states and it will show you what the plans are. And really the first best place to start is with your state. And this is because often your state might have a tax advantage for you above and beyond these federal tax advantages we've talked about. So first best place is click on your state and then uh, look to see what the prepaid plan offers, if there is one. Typically, there is a savings plan. So really, most states have a savings plan. And there you can look to see, well, do I want to work with a broker or an advisor? There's often a direct sold option where I could just go directly online and open up the account. But really, the best place to start is with the, this compare comparison tool to figure out what your state offers and then you know what other states might have in, in competition to that. And, you know, that was a perfect segue because that was going to be my next question. Like if you do like, let's say, for instance, you know, you're like, OK, I do want to open a 529 for my kids. So let me just take you through my thought process um, years ago. Right. Um it was around my birthday and I was doing my financial plan um, and I was like, ooh, like college is going to break my financial plan. <laughs> like, um, College, if I pay for college for both of my kids, like I'm not going to have any money in retirement. So I was like, OK, let me see what I can do. And so I started looking at 529 plans and the birthday gift that year for myself was to open my kids their own 529 plans. Now, I wanted to go back to what you were saying about shopping around because I know here in North Carolina, we do not have any state tax benefits. Mm -hmm. So um, my question is, do you have to stay with your state or can you pick a different state um, if they have a better plan or better um, investment options? Yeah, typically with the savings plans, you can pick a different state. And again, you can look at what the different states offer. And so what I would suggest doing is, you know, take a look to see what the investment options are within the plan. You want to check to see what fees there are associated with the plan. You want to be sure that you as an out-of-state person are allowed in the plan. And all of this will be very clear uh, when they describe 
what's available uh, when you click on the different states to see what the plans are. And if you are working with a financial advisor, they'll be able to help you determine which plan would really be the best for you. And then once you've picked the plan, there's typically a really nice lineup of investment options inside the plan. Uh, often it's mutual funds, although some plans do include exchange-traded funds as an option. And typically you're deciding between whether you want to let the you know asset manager take care of the asset allocation or whether you want to pick amongst the different funds. So you'll typically see the words like there'll be a, an age-based uh, plan or a fund, and that will be a fund that when your child is young, uh, so many years from going to college, it'll have a lot more stock in it because it'll be trying to get those returns while you still have a pretty long time before you're going to be taking the money out. But as you're approaching age 18 or whatever date you, you put in, it's going to be rebalancing so that it becomes more focused on more fixed income. So less risk, a little more stable so that when you go to take that money out, you're not as worried about the market being up or down. So that's one way to go. Basically, you look to see when will my child be going to college and you pick the fund that has that date on it. If you're more of a really do-it-yourself, want to get in there and choose investments, there's typically stock funds, bond funds. They'll typically be a cash option and you can just select amongst the, the funds there to build a portfolio yourself. Yeah, yeah. And I just wanted to give people a comparison. So if you already have like a retirement plan, you might have seen like target date funds or life cycle funds. Mm -hmm. It's similar in the 529 plans. Um, they just have age based funds. So it's the sim similar concept. And I think we talked about this in the last episode. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely go back and listen. But it's the same concept, you know, just like Sarah was saying, they automatically adjust based on how far along you are um, or how close you are to that process. Um, now, I wanted to also discuss, um, because a lot of people are concerned, um, this is a concern that comes to me, right? Mm -hmm. They're like, okay, well, if I do a 529 plan, what if my kid decides not to go to school? What happens with the funds or what can I do with the funds? So, um, Sarah, what are the options there? If you go ahead and save and then your child's like, you know what, college is not for me. What can we do with those funds? So with a 529 savings plan, you can change beneficiaries. So you can move it from the child who's not going to college to maybe another one of yours that is. You could move it actually to another family member. So you could uh, pick someone else in the extended family that could use uh, this funding or assistance. You could also literally just leave the money in and hope that one day the kid that didn't go to college produces a kid that does go to college, in which case a grandchild could, could use the money. Uh, but if worse really came to worse and you wanted to take the money out, you would owe taxes on the earnings uh, and you would also typically have a 10% penalty on that. So your money doesn't go away. You just lose those tax advantages that you were given. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. And see, you know, when I made the decision to go ahead and open one for my kids, because, you know, I don't 
pressure them to say, oh, you have to go to college. You have to do this. You have to do that. I'm like, you know, kind of go with the flow, see what you like to do, see where life kind of leads you. Um, but I was like, at the end of the day, maybe I might go back to school. That's the, <laughs> so, that is yeah, so the other like, option. You can use it for yourself as well. So, you know, go get a law degree or something. <laughs> right, right. And I do like what you said earlier, because I did not know that that was an option to use it to pay your student loans. Potentially, mm-hmm. you know, you have to check the rules and everything. Um, but to potentially use it for your student loans. I did not know that that was an option. So that's very good to that's know. That's a relatively recent change. So over time, this is why it's important to kind of keep an eye on these because over time, the flexibility and what's been covered has been expanded. The tax treatment has been expanded. And so uh, you can now, and some plans use the money to pay up to uh, $10,000 in student loans. And so that's great flexibility there as well in terms well, of I'm plans definitely. and also in terms of uh, actually some apprentice program costs are now included as the qualified expenses so it doesn't have to be a formal four-year college it could be something more of an apprenticeship program an associate's degree so more flexibility there as well in terms of different types of training for different career paths that's awesome i love those new developments because now i'm like hmm <laughs> Because I definitely have some student loans Um, and I love that they're now including apprenticeships, too, because, you know, we need more um, trade workers, you know, and that's something that's super important. It's not just, you know, getting the bachelor's degrees, the master's degrees and things like that. We need people that are going to build our houses, and you know, stuff like that. And you don't technically have to have a bachelor's degree for that. Um, so I'm glad that they're being more inclusive and in allowing those funds to be used for those types of things as well. Um, so are there any other like tips, tricks, anything else we need to know about 520? 29 plans. As you see, I'm all about them, but I want to make sure that my audience understands the benefits of these. Now, I really think that uh, we see when we look at uh, the data, the savings plans really are the more popular of the options um, at year end 2021. So in December of last year, there was about $480 billion in 529 plans overall. And 94% of it was in those savings plans. So I think people recognize the flexibility of those accounts, the control they have over those accounts, the great tax advantage it offers because it's really great to have your all your earnings, you know, the uh, investment returns compounding without paying taxes on it. And then you spend it on college and you don't pay taxes on it when it comes out. So it really is a great advantage to really help you you know, accumulate and grow uh, assets to pay for college. And then many of the states have you know, tax deductions are matching things as well. So you want to be sure it's kind of like the the employer contribution we talked about. Make sure you take advantage of whatever the state might have to offer in in the plan. And so I think you put all that together, it really is a good idea to, you know, build this account up to help, you know, get the kids through college. Absolutely. I do. I just sparked one more question. So let's say someone um, has a 529 plan, their child is now going to college. How do they start using that those funds? Like, do they have to write checks directly to the school from the account? Or how does that typically work? So you, uh, you contact the plan 
and request a distribution, they will typically uh, send a payment directly to the school in question. So if you're doing, you know, some people, you're doing monthly payments, you want to uh, sort of suspend your normal monthly payments that you're paying to the school and have the 529 plan send a payment, they will do that. And then you want to keep track of that because the money came out, you want to keep track that you actually spent it on education so that if the IRS asks you later, you can say, yes, I did spend it the way I was supposed to. And it's really a very easy process uh, to take the money out and pay it towards the, the tuition or expenses. Okay, awesome. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I'm not there yet, but I was like, let me ask this question for myself. Yeah, and <laughs> some people find that even while their child is in college and they're paying out, they may still be contributing in because of the tax advantages that the state offers. Absolutely. Now, North Carolina, come on now. We need some tax advantages. If you give me some tax advantages, I'll move it back. Um, but um, thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on the show and giving us some information about 529 plans. Now, if people were interested in learning more about ICI or yourself, where can they find you all? So ICI is at ICI.org, and we have quite a few resource pages devoted to uh, FAQs on 529 plans, a whole lot on retirement, a lot on mutual fund investing. I would also say if you want to look up uh, more information sort of on the 529 plans themselves, the Securities and Exchange Commission, so this is a regulator, they're not selling anything, has some nice introductory material and I can give you links for, I know you put sort of resources for your podcast. And then also the uh, College Saving Plan Network has really this great comparison tool where you can look at your state versus the other states and really get a sense of what is offered out there in 529 plans. And you can find me on LinkedIn as well. Awesome. Awesome. So if you all did not get all of that, I will definitely have it in the show notes just like last time. So don't worry, um, because those are some excellent resources that she just named. And I didn't even know about the savings plan map and all of that stuff. So I'm excited to play around <laughs> with that myself. Um, but thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on again. Um, every time you come, it's so much knowledge, so much gems. So I definitely appreciate you. Oh, well, thanks so much for having me again, Tiffany. It's always fun talking with you. All right. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Thank you for listening, joining, and being a part of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast this week. You can check Tiff out every Thursday for a new Money Talk podcast. But if you just can't wait until next week, you can listen to previous podcast episodes at moneytalkwitht.com or follow Tiff on all social media platforms at Money Talk with T. Until next time, spend wise by spending less than you make. A word to the money wise is always sufficient.